0: Beautiful. Okay, so today's daf, good today's daf is Yud Zayin, page 17. In my cotton, we got up to the top of daf Yud Zayin, let's go back to the bottom of Tess Zayin, Amud Bez, to Oma Revi Tanchum, Bere de Revi It's Two lines from the bottom, right smack dab in the middle of the line of Tess Zayin, Amud Bez. Here we go. Omar of Tanchum, Bere de Revi Rav Tanchum, the son of Rav Chia, Ishkvar Akai, from the town of Akai, Amar Rav Yaakov Bar-Acha, quoted Rav Yaakov, Yaakov Bar-Acha, Amar Rav Simlai, who quoted Rav Simlai, and some people say, no, that's not how. It, that's not uh, who the source is, Amar Rav Tanchum, Amar Rav Huna, and other people say it was Rav Huna Lechudei, some say it was Rav Huna himself, it wasn't Rav Tanchum in the name of Rav Huna. Okay, so, what was said, Top of today's daf. Talmud, if you have a Talmud, you have a Talmud Chacham, who put somebody in to Nidoi L'Chavay for his kavud, meaning this person did not show proper kavud, to a Talmud Chacham, Nidoi So this, this um, uh, Nidoi is effective, not only for the Talmud Chacham himself, but it applies for anybody. Everybody else needs to listen to the Nidoi that this talmud chacham created the tani learned in the rav menudle rav menudle talmud if somebody put in the chair for the rebbe you're also put in the chair for the lower social status the student rav if you put in the chair for the student you can still go to the rebbe to learn Torah, who it says he's when you're you're put in the from the student you're allowed to go to the you're allowed to go to your rebbe that means your rebbe you can go to but a regular other person who's not of an elevated social status, you can, you're still in here, you're still in Nidoi. Now what was done over here? If a person transgressed me, okay, meaning something within him and the Rebun he's publicly transgressing him, we got to put pressure on him and put him in Nidoi. Yeah, there's no Chachma, there's no Tvuna, there's no hashem. meaning if there's a Chil Hashem, there's nothing to talk about. Okay, there's no uh, there's no covenant anybody's allowed to show him. So you should not be allowed to interact with even uh, a regular person. Allah so of It must be that this Talmud he was put into a ta- uh, he was put into nidoy by a Talmud Chacham who he didn't show proper respect for, and we still see that you're put into Khirim for everybody else. Bottom line, what do you see from here? That a Talmud Chacham who put somebody into Nidoi that nidoy lasts f- not only for him. But for everybody else, period. Amr Abayi says to a young yeshiva guy of a Listen to this beautiful, fascinating halacha. He's allowed to take financial matters into his own hands. Bemilsa If something is clear. if something is very clear. Okay. So if you know for a fact that you have somebody else who is transgressing in a financial way, you can order uh, a psak. You can give a psak that the money must be returned, then pressure him, put him in Eidoy, if this guy's not going to listen. Okay, now the Gemara is going to give us a Misa, a story. There was a young Tamil Chacham, to have a son who Listen he listened to what happened, he started getting, wor- the, the hearing out there, is that he was immoral. He was loose with the women, all right? He was transgressing, he wasn't conducting himself in the ways of a true Torah person. Amr Yudav Yudav says, "Hey Chilev, he what, what are we going to do with this guy?" The Shamte put him into the, the truth is that there are people in Rashi says in his town who need information from him. So I can't put him into a type of Nidoy where people can't uh, ask him questions. Laila Shamte, if I don't do anything, if I don't put him into the cherim, shema deshmei, In other words. Either way, it's a like, khalashem. Oh, I don't know what to do. Umarlay the Rabbi Barbachana. Midi Shmiale baha. No, see so yes. asked. Anybody here of How should I handle this guy? Omar Lay rabbi said, Haki Ammar this one of Bikhan says, May the Sivas Ratna The lips of the Kayan Yishmu Das. They they protect the knowledge. Vitaira Yavakshu people should be mevakesh. They should search out the taira from his mouth. Kimala Khashem Tsuva because he is like a Malach Hashem Tzavakos, a Rebbe, a Tamil is like a Malach, what do you learn from here? Often quoted Gemara, get ready for this. If a person's Rebbe, he views him like he's a Malach Hashem, then you should seek Tyra from him. If your Rebbe conducts himself like an Ever Hashem, Somebody who follows the Ratz in Hashem, then you learn Torah. the Imla, but if not, Al Yavakshu Taira Mipiv. He can know all the Torah in the world. Don't learn from him. And therefore, Shamte Rabbi Yehuda, period, Rabbi Yehuda knew to put this guy into Kherim. Ah, he has so much Torah. he has so much information. The community needs him. You know what the answer is? The last letter of the Aleph base. Tough. You don't go to him. Tough, that's it. You don't go to him and ask him Shilas. This person if he doesn't conduct himself like a malach hashem tzivakeis he's not fit to um to spread the word of Tyra. There's a story about uh about the Briskerov that the, uh, there was a lecturer that was going around from town to town and he came to Brisk and he wanted to speak in the main shul and the Briskerov heard about it. And he said, this guy's not speaking in my shul. There's no way. So when, the, when this fellow showed up, he went to the Biskarov, he said, he, said, he said, Rebbe, I don't know why you're not letting me speak. Even if I myself, maybe, you know, don't believe in the same path that you do, but you should know, the Torah that I speak is MS, and I'll prove it to you. I'll tell you my drusha beforehand. I'll tell you everything I'm going to say, and if there's anything wrong... Then you'll tell me and I won't say it, but let me let me give my lecture, let me give my my sheer. And the briskarov told him, If you have kosher food cooked in a trefa pot, the food's traf. You have a trefa brain. He says your pot is tref. You can give me all the kosher Torah in the world, it's being cooked in a trefa mind, and therefore you're not going to be speaking in my community. The Seifer Chalosh Reb Yehuda later on became sick. Also, Rabbanu Leishu Lebei. The Rabbanu came to, to see how he was doing. Bimavakr Chaylav. Also, Iyunami Badayu. And this guy who was put into Nidoy was was with them. He came along with them. Okay. Kad Chazil Reb Yehuda. Choyich. saw him, he he started laughing. Amar Le. So this Talmud said that uh, this this year who was put into Chirim. Right. This Talmud Chacham with with. uh who was immoral says, isn't it enough the lahu gavra that you put me in techerim? You got to laugh at me too, yeah. He says, why are you adding insult to injury? Amar leher buda says, he says you're you're, you're a little uh, self conscious over here, yeah. I'm not I'm not laughing at you. lahu I just want to let you know that when I go to Gan Eden, bedicha my mind is going to be happy. That even somebody like you, who has some Torah, you have what to offer, but I didn't, I wasn't interested in flattering uh, anybody, and I did I did the right thing, I did the Ratz HaShem, and that's why I'm smiling. Because I'm proud of the decision that I made. Then Noch the DeRev who Yudah the then passed away. He came to Shul and he said to the Rabbana Shiruli, "Now that Rabbi Yehuda put me into Chirim's gone, I want you to remove my Chirim." Amar LeRabbanon, the said, the Rabbi Yehuda like a If Rabbi Yehuda put you into the harem we need somebody as big as him to get you out of there. So, you, and we can't do that. Ela Zilla Rabbi Yehuda Nasiya Go to Yehuda Nasiya. He's big enough to get you out of there. Okay, he's the Nasi. So he went to Rabbi Yehuda Nasiya So he said to Rabami, 'Puk I and Bedine.'" Go. He wants me to take him out of out of Khirim. Uh, go look into the story. Go uh, go check him out, and let's see if he should talk. Uh, if we should remove his chirim. Um, iboy le mishrale uh, shorile. Then we'll let him get out. Okay. Iner vaybedine. So Ravami looked into the story, into his dim. sobar the mishrale, and he found with the information. He said, you know what? We should take him out. We should let him go. Amr shulbanachmini araglav. Amr shulbanachmini stood up. Shulbanachmini stood up on his feet, and he said. No, well, he said it out loud publicly. When it came to the shivcha of Rebbe's house, you should know that uh, when she was apparently she was put into Nidoi and they made, they, they forced it to remain for three years. We're going to see soon why. Okay, what, what exactly happened? They're not for three years. Yehuda Yehuda, our friend, Allah has come of a come. How much more so is it not a simple thing to just say, oh, he put this guy into Khirim and we looked and we have a different opinion? He says, hold your horses. Don't move too fast. Amar of Zera of Zera says, He says, listen, what's going on over here? You have an elderly person who came to the base medrash. He says, listen, you usually aren't here. You haven't come in a while to Yeshiva, and now you show up. no, let me boil him Yeah? It must be a sign from Shamayim that we should taka uh, leave it as, as is. Because the Shur, I mean, wasn't always here. fact that he punked happens to be and let us know the story of the Shivcha, that it's not a poshah thing, this is, we should take this as a sign from the Rabbanishal, Shaloy They did not allow this guy out of Cherim. Nafak, this this fellow left, and he was walking and crying, a Zibura came, a bee came, and he got a sting on his Amma, okay, he got a sting on his male organ, on his male member, and he died, and they tried burying him in the area of the cemetery for Hasidim, for righteous people, but like he blew. But he was not accepted. What does it mean he was not accepted? Zokrashi, There was a snake getting in the way. HaKadosh Baruch who gave a sign that he should not be buried there. did Dayoni But he was brought to, um, to uh, the area of the cemetery where Dayonim were and he was accepted over there. There he was accepted. Okay, says the Gemara. Well, if he wasn't accepted by the Hasidim, by the really righteous people, why is it accepted by the and my Taima, what's the reason? The the reason was, because he acted like Rabbi Eloi, the Tani went to Rabbi, Eloi, Rabbi Rabbi says, if a person sees that his Yitzahara is starting to control him, he should go to a place where nobody knows him, cover yourself in black, cover your head in black, do what you want, but do not make a public This guy knew, this yid knew that it was going to be that he learned in yeshiva, and whatever action he was doing as a loose immoral person was forbidden. So he made sure that whenever he did it, whenever he did the Averis that he was involved in, he didn't walk around looking like a bentira. He 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 went incognito. He wore camouflage. I'm not, yeah. And this way, he prevented a greater chil hashem. Because you hit this, such a beautiful gemara. Not an excuse to do an avera chas but because at the time of the avera, he knew what that he was doing was wrong, and he tried to the best of his ability to minimize the the chil hashem that comes about automatically through doing an avera. He received schar, He received reward, and he was accepted into the cemetery of the Dayanam. Okay, now let's get into the story of this shivcha who was uh, excommunicated and it lasted for three years. Shivcha Shalbeis Rebbe. What's the story of the shivcha, this maidservant um, of Rebbe's house, Maihi, What was that story? The Amso Be'i Rebbe, the maidservant of Rebbe's house, Chazise Lahu Gavra. She saw somebody. Who was hitting his older son? Okay? He was hitting his older son. Umrah, she said, This guy should be put into Kherim. Oh, she put somebody into Kherim. That's what happened. I forgot. I'm sorry. She put this guy into Kherim. You hear me? You hear this? You're not a, 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 a father. Sometimes, nowadays, it's a lot less accepted. But there's times where a parent is permitted, and it's even a mitzvah, to strike a child. But if you're not allowed to strike a child that's of age that can strike back. We learned it, we read it this morning in the Torah portion. A child that wounds a parent, where it causes blood, is chay of misa. It's severe. So, therefore, if a parent hits a kid, that's of age to hit back. It's, you're putting a stumbling block in front of the blind. You're setting yourself up. You're setting your child up for a sin. And therefore, it's not allowed. The time you learn the rise of the they You should not put a stumbling block in front of a blind person. It's talking about somebody who, uh, who hits their. Okay? Now, again, a parent doesn't own a child, they're not ours to do what we want with. But there are, at particular ages and circumstances, in order for the child to learn, it's permitted to strike them. Now, striking does not need to be physical. It can be with one's words, where you, where you teach them. You say, listen, what you did was wrong. Right, And different children learn differently. I'll tell you a story that doesn't make me look good at all, but I just want to share with you what, what I got from my own father okay i am my siblings claim my parents raised me different because i'm uh, because i'm the youngest so they, they call me the spoiled brat and they're probably right um but i recall one time and there's a reason why i recall i recall one time where my father hit me i was in fifth grade i was 11 years old i don't i'm not one of these guys who remembers a lot from their childhood or Hashem. I don't, uh, you know, I just don't have the... But I remember this, and you'll see why I remember. I was in fifth grade, and my father received a phone call that I was with a group of three fourth graders in the stairwell, and they were, and we were making fun. He didn't know whether it was... I was part of it, but the, the mother, there was an autistic boy... And the mother of the autistic boy said that there were three boys who were making fun of her son and I was there. That's what she told my father. So I came home and I I still recall the pain in my father's eyes. That was the biggest smack ever. The the pain in his eyes. And he he took my hand, he gave me a little tap and he said, It's pasnished. You're much better than that. That was I, it's the only time I ever heard him, I, I, he ever touched me. Like, because he never touched me besides for that. Other people have different stories. But this one time, he gave me a little tap on the hand. He said, it's pasnish, it's it's beneath you. To to be amongst a group of boys who are making fun of somebody, like, what was it, right? the 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 responsibility of a parent to a child, or really anybody who's in a position to guide others is... Not it's not about whether it's physical. It's not about whether it's. It's about helping the person be straightened out. And there's a there's a there's an important amount of knowledge that needs to be had before giving that we'll call it that little potch that little smack. Even if it's not a physical one, but just you know uh, an emotional one, where we're we're letting the person know that it's it's just this can't go on. You can't allow this to happen. And to physically hit a kid who can hit back. This maidservant understood you're putting a stumbling block in front of the child. It's forbidden. You're not allowed to do that. It's fascinating. Okay, another story. Reish Lakish was uh, in charge of an orchard. Somebody came to the orchard. He starts to uh, take a fix. So Reish Lakish started screaming at the guy. Hey, get off my fix. The guy ignored him. Omar lehavalei gavra beshamta le, go into we excommunicated. Yeah, you're nidoy. Omar the guy said, Adarav lehavu Gabra You want to put me into chirim? You should be in chirim. And is chavtiyloch. What are you getting all bent out of shape about? Your fig, your your your, your money, nidoy me is chavtiyloch. Just because I owe you money, does that mean I owe you nidoy Yeah, Just because I took something from you, doesn't mean that you could put me in chirim. Take me to court. Take me to Besdin. What are you doing? Uh, what, what, just because you're a rabbi, you start adding on all these things. Also, the name of George came to the Bismarck. They said to him, His <laughs> cherim on you worked, and your cherim on him did not work. You hit his. Okay. Why? So They said, the guy's right. How's he right? When you steal from somebody. Is there a chirem? No, you got to pay him back. But for you... To go against Halacha and put him in excommunication, you couldn't do that. So he says, Maita Kante. Yeah, okay, so now I'm stuck. What do I do? Zilagabe Dulushilah, go back to the guy and tell him to take you out. He says, Lay I don't even know the guy. Some Ghanif. I don't know who he is. Some thief took my things. Umrlay zilagabe Nisiya Dilushilah. Go to the Go to the head of the, of the Go to the head of of Yeah? The leading Torah sage. And he'll remove her from Yudanah, somebody who's put in tax communication into Nidoi, you don't know how to get out. And he could do it for you. You know why? This is very interesting. The Nasi really represents everybody. So when the Nasi does it, when the leader of Qal Yisrael does it, there's a little bit of that person involved too, because he's the leader of that person. Amar Aghuna. Ravuna says, hiskinu." They made a decree in Usha. Av menadin If you have an av Bezdin who did an avera, even if it was public, okay, menadin We do not put him into chirim. Okay, why? Special favoritism. But we say to him, he kaved Listen, we know you're the av Bezdin, but guess what? You're being put on leave. Go home. If you're not acting in a way that's appropriate for somebody of your stature. Chazar vsarach, if he does it again, then there's no, you can't give too many chances. Oh, what do you mean? What do you mean? There's no pushing it under the rug. This, he could be the Avbezdin, but he doesn't act in a godly fashion. He doesn't act in a way of Torah. One time, okay, people slip. Two times, People slip, but now you're uh, you're creating a potential desecration of Hashem's name, you're excommunicated. Upliga de Rishlakesh, this argues on Rishlakish, Damarish Lakesh Tamchakam Shasarach, Amen Adam I said for Hash. You never put him in Khairim publicly. Sha as it says, Vikhasha Yaim Vhashal Gam Navi Im Khalila. You do it privately, by the way. Right? But publicly you don't, not because that itself is a khilashem, which means kiseyu kalila, you cover it over and you don't go public. Right? You don't go public. You got to make sure, again, we're not dealing with over here where anybody's in danger. Let's make that clear. There's no danger anybody. This guy's not abusing anybody. There's no chas v'sholem, any tough situation. We're dealing with somebody who we know to be a sinner, but he's, he's presenting himself like a Torah sage. He's presenting himself like a Torah leader. So the way to whip him into shape is by putting him in excommunication and then he does tshuva, we'll take him out and he gets his position back, right? But this guy's not taking the message. We can't risk it. You can't risk the chel Hashem once, seder, twice, nothing done. That was Ravuna. Huna. says that um, it seems even once when, he, when a person sins, you could put him into excommunication but you do it, you do it uh, uh, silently. You don't make a whole, a whole to-do out of it. Okay, Marzucha Hasida, when a, a young Tamil Chacham would have to go into Shamta, which is a type of Nido, a type of excommunication. he always he did it on himself first. He hit us. If he ever had to put somebody else in Chirim, he put himself into Chirim first. then he put himself. I mean, he'd go into his hotel. Shari Le Navshe, he would take off his excommunication and then take off the excommunication of the student, he never allowed somebody to stay in Khirim overnight he was with them um, he was with them on this there's a beautiful, beautiful story that's worthwhile sharing even though it's going to take us a a short little bit, but with the Panevish Arav, the Panevish Arav who was the the Panevish Yeshiva, when he came to Eretz Yisrael he established a number of orphanages around Eretz Yisrael, around Israel. And there was a, a group of orphans, this is after the war, after World War II, that were coming over to Eretz Yisrael, and he did not have enough pillows and blankets, uh, did not have enough pillows and blankets for them. So he walked into, uh, into the shuls, and, um, and he spoke out from this week's Parsha, that um, if a person has an eved and you only have one pillow, you got to give it to the eved You got to give it to uh, right. You got you got to you got to take care of of the eved. You got to take care of the servant. He's like the servant, as if he's a master, right? You don't uh, you don't you don't leave him without without anything. So, Doctor why? Because he has to be like you. The pasuk says the same as whatever you have. Whatever you have, he has. So says the pun of Israel, but now you're not going to have. There's only one pillow. You're giving it to him. You yourself are not going to have it. So he says, it must be. What's going on over here? How does a Jew, who, if you only have one pillow or blanket, how do you sleep at night when you know there's another one out in the streets without one? You can sleep in your bed? No. By giving him that one pillow or blanket, that's what allows you to sleep. Because who, whoever heard of a Jew, says the Bani of, who can sleep in a bed with a pillow and a blanket and a mattress and fall asleep when you know somebody else is in pain. Therefore we tell the Master, give him the pillow and blanket. Why? So that you can sleep. You know, this other yid is taken care of. Now that he's taken care of that taka, you could both sleep. Whole sleep because you got a pillow and blanket. And you could sleep because you know that yidna are taken care of. Tells the people in the shul, we have a number of orphans coming over on a ship. Granted, we don't have so much money in our community. But who here is going to be able to sleep if we don't give them what we have? That was his, uh, his drasha. And this is what Marzutra chassid, the Marzutra the Chasid, this is what he was feeling. Whenever he had to put somebody in the cherim, there's an obligation, you had to excommunicate people. But, Marzucha Hasidah said, if I'm doing it to them, I'm doing it to me too. I need to feel this, I need to understand what this person is going through. Omrav Gidol, Gidol says, in the name of Rav, if he knows he's doing something wrong, could, could put himself into nidoy and take himself out of Nidoi. You give yourself a Musa Omrav Omar of Papa says, Taisi Lee. He says, "I've been I've been lucky enough to never have to put tshor ba mirabanan a talmud into into excommunication." Says the Gemara. But what happens if he's obligated? Hechi What's he going to do? Yeah. Sometimes there's an obligation. You got to do this. I mean, it's chinuch, right? You got to train people. It says the Gemara. The Gemara says there was in Eretz Yisrael, they would put Malkus on Tzurim but They wouldn't put Shamta. Meaning you don't have to put somebody like him. There's other ways to whip them into shape, and therefore he preferred other ways as opposed to um, as opposed to excommunication as opposed to Shamta. My shamta. What exactly is shamta? We we explained it's like an excommunication. The Gemara wants to know well, what's the difference between the word shamta and the word nidui that we used previously for excommunication. Amarav Rav says sham misa. Shamta means sham misa. There there is death. Ushmul Amar Shmuel says um, um uh, Amar, it Shmama It will be "shamama, It will be empty. Uma betanura, and this this shamta helps a person, benefits a person, like a tichya b'tanura, like animal fat in an oven. Okay? Like animal fat in an oven. What does that mean? What does that mean? When you put grease on something, it's very hard to get it off. When you smear something with grease, the residue remains for a while. That's what shamta is. When a person goes into shamta, that effect is kind of like coats the person. It speaks a lot about, about the person. Upligad Reish Lakish this argues on Reish <Hebrew> Lakish Tom Reish Lakish says Just like when somebody goes into Nidoi uh, or shamta, it affects his 248 limbs <speaking in Hebrew> So too when it leaves when the excommunication leaves it completely leaves his body. It doesn't leave residue. It's gone. Alright? So that's... Um, the the, the Shmuel statement is that no, the shamta is like pretty long lasting. Rish Lakish says no. Rish Lakish says that once an excommunication has gone, it's a fresh start for the person. It says the Gemara, when an excommunication goes into a person, when it's declared on a person it says the city will be herem. Herem, the word bigamatria has the numerical value of have 248 which is the amount of limbs we have in a person now listen to this when the harem leaves um how do we know that it leaves the entire body completely it with trembling with anger you remember the mercy Rahim the gematria have mercy is the gematria of two hundred and forty eight beautiful yeah when you have rachmanis, you have mercy on a person so it affects the two hundred forty eight limbs interestingly I'm just going to throw this out there the Hebrew word for womb W O M B is Rechem the Rechem the womb makes two hundred forty eight limbs of a person right two hundred forty eight limbs come from the Rechem. So the Hebrew language is mamish. The way everything interconnects and the, and the, the deeper structure of every word is mamish. It's, it's amazing how uh, you, you get into the, what we call the kishkas, yeah? You get into the intestines of these words and what, what we're supposed to extrapolate from it. Omar um, Rabbi Yaseh Reyes says, Shadei shamta, throw an excommunication, de dekalba, on the tail of a kelev, on the dog, di da avra. And then the excommunication will take care of it. It'll do its own work. What does that mean? Da'u kalba. There was a dog. derabona. He would nibble on the shoes of the Tamide echachomim. When the walked by, the this dog would take a little uh, take a little lick. You know, Vishamtu uh, v'lo y'havei Kayadu manu. And they didn't know wh- which dog was, like, where this is coming from. They were just, whenever they would go back to their shoes, I guess they took their shoes off pretty often. Maybe they're Canadian. Like, uh, like in my house. You walk into the house, you kick your shoes off. My wife's from Toronto. Yeah, so that's how it works. You have to put on your house slippers. Right? So they're like, hey, I was taking our shoes. What's going on? So v'sham t'ulay. They put whatever's, whatever's uh, <laughs> ruining their shoes at the kherim. At the Itli be and what happened was this dog, a fire, uh, caught, uh, his tail caught fire, and uh, it burnt off. Okay, hahu alma, listen, hahu alama, there was a tough guy. That's an alama, hahu alama, there was a tough guy, the who made it his mission to torment. The, the young yeshiva guys. He made it his job. He's going to make their lives miserable. Also, come here, Rabbi Yosef. Okay. So they came to Rabbi Yosef. Amr um, Rabbi Yosef said, Zol shamte, put this guy, he's a tough guy. Put him into here. Put him into, excommunicate him. Nidoi He's put, put him into shamta. Amr um, they said, Rabbi Mr. Finamine, he's a tough guy. We're scared of him. The guy's a professional boxer. Yeah, whatever. He got beat us up. All right, we don't know what to do. Put a psicha on him. What does that mean? Rashi says, write a document putting him into chayr. All right, now, once you write a document, that gives you the upper hand and he sees your serious business. He sees that you're serious business and he's, uh, you know, he'll be afraid. He knows me- if he messes with you, he's messing with the whole system. Call to Mr. Finamine. She said, Listen, the guy's so tough, he's going to be even more upset at me. He's not scared of nobody. Omar lady, Babeson says, Listen to this. Take your, take your Shamta, the document that you're going to write in the Bezdem, put it into a jar, top of your Yadainaba Bez, and then bring the jar to a cemetery of Ikari Lay Alfa Shippuri Yemen. Blow a thousand shvarim blasts from a chauffeur, a thousand broken blasts into the jar for 40 days. Don't try this at home unless you uh, <laughs> he's like, okay, after 40 days of blowing the shvarim blasts a thousand times, the jar burst and this guy dropped dead. Why did he need to have shi'pure? Why did he need to be broken? Um, um, I'm sorry. Why, why a shippure? My shi'pure. Why do you have to blow a shippure? Blow a trumpet. Mi menu. He says no, because a shippure is, is a teshuva. Right? And it, it allows a person to, um, to kind of come closer to the MS, come closer to the truth. And therefore, this is through a sheifer, we're we're kind of getting back. At this guy. My tavra? Why do it need to be broken? Uh, sounds from this blast from the Scheifer. Um <speaking> Rizuk <in> Bedrabi Huda. <Hebrew> Tavre Bate Rame. Tavre broken breaks the uh big things. T- B are homes. Rame is elevated. Very tall buildings. The Town <speaking> Interprise <Hebrew> Umar Amr Lil Shanglial says, call Makam Shinasu Khaminaim, wherever the Chachamim, put their eyes, I Misa Oi Ini Something bad's going to happen if you mess with Torah scholars. Either there is going to be physical, uh, you know, physical, um, either hurt or death chas or even poverty. Okay, that's the power. And we got to got to be careful. Got to be careful. But we we know this, right? We know the power of Torah, and the sages teach us that God says His stakel beoraisa ubari I looked into the Torah and created the world, which means the Torah is the blueprint of everything that exists. That's it. So ultimately, everything comes back to Torah, which by the way when, when I'm in school, right? And I'm talking to the the middle school kids, one of the conversations that I have with them is that really what they're lear- there's no such thing as secular studies. No such thing. You it's you can call it general studies. Right? Secular means it's against the Torah. I don't think that's what they're being taught. But math, science, history, all these things. Math is a Chachmal yaina There's a, a, a amazing wisdom that stems from, from Torah mathematically. Science is how Hashem made the world. That goes back to Torah. History... It's it's how Hashem made the world. If it's important enough for Hashem to put these in, you know, to put these situations into history, it should be important enough for us to learn about it. There's nothing really secular about these things because everything everything ultimately comes back to Hashem and His Torah. All right, beautiful. Two dots. End of that discussion. Back to the Mishnah. Back to the Mishnah. Here we go. Okay, so when are you allowed to take a haircut on Chal HaMawed? Let's go all the way back there. Everybody ready? Remember, you're not allowed to take a haircut on Chal HaMawed unless you were a Nazir who ended during, uh, you know, uh, on Chal HaMawed, or you're a Mitzrayim who has to cut uh, shave his head, shave his hair. Not only his head, his body hair. He had to shave his hair. Okay, Bomenir Yermimir of asked a question searching for information from Rev penai. What happens if, um, if they didn't have. Penai means spare time. They didn't have spare time um, beforehand. Aidoma, is that when we say on Chalamayd you could take a haircut? Aidoma, penai. Or is this true even if they had time? Yeah, maybe they became tohar Erev Yamtif. Yeah, do we still give them that leverage because what? now the question is, if you could have cut your hair, why are we give you leverage? Because you still have an obligation now to cut your hair. A nazir had to cut his hair as part of this process. A Mitzayra had to cut his hair as part of the purification process. So the Shaila here is, are we only allowing him to cut his hair when he didn't have an opportunity to cut it? Or do we say, no, even if you have an opportunity to cut it, since it's a mitzvah now, you can even cut on Cholomite. Interesting question. Amar leitz, they responded, Tanina, we learned in a Mishnah. Whenever we say you're allowed to cut your hair on Yomtev, it's only true if you didn't have time before Yomtif to do it. If you had time to do it, then what do we say? You snooze, you lose. That's it. You should have cut it before Yomtev. Nazir. However, by a Nazir and a Tzairah, then we say you're allowed to cut your hair. Why? Because their sacrifices had to wait... For the shaving. And we don't want to push off their sacrifices. Memelo, we allow them to cut their hair, even if they had time before Yom Tif to do it. Okay. Tanu we learn a kohen, Hakohen, The and a mourner. Mutar Megiluach. They're allowed to cut their hair on Chalamayr. Okay. Hai'ovel hechidami. What is the case of the Ovel, the mourner, that we're allowing him to take a herkan on cholamayim? Either if we're going to say the case is shechais he just finished shiva now his eighth day falls out an erev Yomtev, If he the so let him cut his hair an erev Yomtev. That can't be. We should not allow him. Although the case must be shechais minishe'laye liyos erev regel. It must be that you know he got, he got at a shiva and it was shabbos erev Yomtev, He erev shabbos. But if that's true, he could have cut his hair on Erev Shabbos. Why? Ah, it's it's his seventh day of mourning. No, halacha um, ka'bashol. The halacha is like abashol. First of all, what we know practically speaking, um, when somebody is chas Vasholom, God forbid, sitting shiva, do you sit for seven whole days? No. Your halachas end when the morning of the seventh day. By morning, there's a rule what we call miktsas hayom kekulo. A part of the day is like the, <clears throat> is like the whole day. So if somebody sits Shiva even for a minute on the seventh day, you're now done Shiva. So again, if your seventh day was Friday and your eighth day is Shabbos, you're allowed to get a haircut on Friday because your laws of Shiva were over Friday morning. You only needed to sit Shiva for one minute. So now you got the next 12 hours till Shabbos starts or however long you have, you could have got a haircut done. It's day seven. Uh la bashol nahum agree with Abhishol, because Shhaush meanisha Bishabis Av Regal. If his eighth day falls out on Shabbas on Erav Yam, the Shemut Lagar of Shabbas, you're allowed to take a haircut on Erav Shabbas. So what's the case? What's the case of this mourner? Says Gamar Lake Sricha, Shah, Sweet Shalis Bishabas, Erav Heregal. Here's the case. His seventh day was Erev Yamtev. Tona Brah Tonabara Sabarla Kabashol. And the Tana of the Bora, the Tana of the holds like Abishol. The Omar Miktzas Hayahim KeKulai. He holds like which says all you need to sit is for one moment on day seven, and then you're done. And the seventh day is also the last day of Shiva plus the first day of Shlaisim. Okay, so what? The the and now since it's Shabbos, the uh, Shabbos have a Onusu. He's now in Onus. And since he was an einus, he's allowed to cut his hair on cholamayit. He was kind of forced into this situation. Tanadi don artan like The army We don't say part of the day is like the whole day. You'd have to sit the entire day of shiva. Bakati loy shalim, avelus to shiva, and therefore, even if it's day seven, it's still shiva. You're not allowed to get a haircut. And Mimela, therefore, um, he's not allowed to cut his hair on cholamayit period. Alright, now, if you recall, before we started this conversation, we started out the Gemara by the two dots, and we said that a Kohen and an Eved, I'm sorry, a Kohen and an Avel, a Kohen and an Avel. So we explained the case of where an Avel is, would be permitted to cut his hair on Cholomite, and where he would not be permitted to cut his hair on Cholomite. Now the Gemara asks, Asha'ilah, Hi, Kohen Hechi Dummy this that we are going to allow a Kohen to cut his hair on Cholamayid, what's the case? What are we talking about? What is the issue with a Kohen cutting his hair? Elim, if we're going to say that he had his one week of Mishmar. And it, his Mishmar ended on Erev Yomtev. Okay? Now, how is that possible? they had their mishmar, they worked Shabbos to Shabbos. They switched over on Shabbos and they finished on Shabbos. So if he's, if he's finishing his week of service, going into Yom Tif, that means Yom going to start on Saturday night, Sunday. Okay? The first day Yom Tif is going to be a Sunday. So if the case is where the Kohen finished his avoda on, on uh, Shabbos and it's, going, uh, and it's going right into Yom Tif, if that's the case. Um, now, by the way, just to just to I, I didn't mention this earlier, I probably should have. What's the issue with a cohen cutting his hair? Stallah is a coin during his week of service is not allowed to go get a haircut. Okay? That's the law. He's like, he's like, The same way an Ovel, a mourner, during his seven days of Shiva can't get a haircut, a Kohen, during his week of service does not Step away from the service to go get a haircut. You can't do it during those seven days. So he's really finishing up his service, but now he's going right into the holiday. He's going right into Yom Tif. and right and uh, and that's going to be that's going to be our situation. So says the Gemara, Legaluche <laughs> So uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that he still could have uh, <laughs> The halacha is that a Kohen is not allowed to take a haircut for seven days. I, what happens if he didn't get, if uh, seventh day ends up going right into the Yom Tif? So the Gemara says there's another halacha. And that halacha is that um, on Erev Shabbos, even if it's your Mishmar, you're allowed to get a haircut. Okay? Even if it, so there's like an exception to the rule no haircuts during your seven days, but there's an exception. Erev Shabbos, you need a haircut. The rabbi spoke in shul for too long, right? So you gotta go get a haircut. So we'll allow it. So we say to the guy, go take a haircut on Friday. You know that tomorrow Shabbos. It's going right into the holiday. Take a haircut. You have no excuse to to cut your hair on Cholomite. So the case must be where he finished up his week during the Yom Tanididan Savar, the ton of our Mishnah holds Kiba the Trans since we learned in the Mishnah, there's three times during the year where all the Mishmaris kind of work together, the three holidays, Pesach, Pesakshwolson and be Murigalum Abanim, they all joined in the Murim of the Ragalim the Limbs and splitting up of the Lechem Abanim, Commandalishli, mishmarte We'll say his week never ended. Listen closely. Listen to the logic here. I'm going to pause for a minute every Kohen worked two weeks a year. Okay? There were 24 groups, 48 weeks, each one got two. The last four weeks of the year were figured out through raffle. But every Kohen got at least two weeks in the Beis HaMikdash a year. Besides for those two weeks, every Kohen was allowed to come work in the Beis HaMikdash on Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot. Is that clear so far? You had one week at, at some point during the year to work, another week at a different point, and then everybody was permitted to work on Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot. Okay? Now, Pesach, Shavuos, and Sukkot also took up a week of the year. So here's what happened. Even though every Kohen was allowed to work in the Beis Hamikdash for some of the service, there was still one group who was in charge of that week. It was their mishmar. So you can have, I just want to make sure I'm I'm articulating this well, and if I'm not, please ask. The way it worked, basically, was everybody got a week in rotation. If my week as a Kohen happened to fall out, partly on a yomtif, that's fine. I just had, like, visiting Kohanim, coming and joining us for yomtif, And they helped out in certain parts of it. But it was still my mishmar. It was still my week. Okay? So far so good? Yeah? So it's my week. My week started three days before the holiday. No haircuts. My week ends in the middle of the holiday. Interesting. So my mishmar is now done, but it finished on the yomtif. That's the case we're talking about. Okay? So, let me ask you a question. I work the week. My week is over on the holiday. Do I consider it like, since I can now stay also in the Beis Mikdash, right? It's not my week anymore, but am I staying in the temple? Yeah, I can stay there because it's a holiday and every Kohen can stay. So even though I'm finished my week, I'm not necessarily finished my total service. Because I could hang on for another few days if I wanted. And I really should. So that's what's going on over here. When a person finishes their mishmar, and it's on the umtif. So they could keep going technically. Do we say it's like your mishmar was never over. And therefore you're not allowed to get a haircut. The other Tana says, Afa Gab the is, even though you could stay on as a member of the other groups, Mishmarte, your Mishmar, me you finished, and therefore you're allowed to get a haircut. You're done. You can stay in the base of Mikdash. True, but it's not your Mishmar. It's as if you're released from this bind and it will be permitted to cut your hair on Khalamoid. Period. Okay. And the rabbis learned, and so should we. Any person who we say is allowed to get a haircut on the Under the same circumstances, if they are in mourning, they can cut their hair, says the Gemara about And there's a different b'risa that says you're not allowed to. Okay, for example, somebody gets out of prison on Moed. Is he allowed to cut his hair? Yeah. What if he gets out of prison and his father was buried two days before? Is he allowed to cut his hair? He's in his Shiva. Is he allowed to cut his hair? So the first pricer says, yeah. The Gemara asks, but there's a different bribes that says no. When does the bribes say it is allowed? That is, That is, when one relative dies and then another relative dies. And kind of the Avelus is continuing on. When you have one Avelus going into another Avelus, then we permit, um, we permit the fellow to take a haircut during his Avelus, otherwise it's going to be way too long uh, of, a, of a time period. It says Gemara, if we're talking about where you were sitting Shiva, let's say for your father, and then you start, you start uh, for your mother, anybody can get a haircut at the time, a person, in succession, right? Unfortunately, as members who pass away, and now he's sitting Shiva, you know, he's, he's in Avelis, we'll call it. Forget Shiva, he's in Avelis, he's in mourning for a long time. So we're lenient on him. We don't say you got to wait till the time tiny we live to rise. If your hair gets too long, you're allowed to cut it, and you don't have enough clothes for laundry, you're allowed to take care of your laundry. Says the Gumara, Haidmar we learned about Amr of Khisto. Mr. Prime, you're allowed to get a haircut, but not in the usual fashion. So even though you're permitted to get a haircut, you're not allowed to get a haircut in the usual way. But also when you're doing your laundry, you could do it with in regular water, valay naser, you cannot use naser, valayba and you cannot use ahol. Okay? Different types of soaps that uh, that clean it better. So you see from uh, so says the gumara, there's no question over here. I everybody could do it. What we're saying is, is that when a person's in one of these situations, and he goes into mourning, or he has he has multiple mornings in a row, then we're gonna say you could even do it in the normal way. You could take your haircut in the normal way, you could do your laundry with soap. As opposed to anybody else, if that happens, then we're going to be we're going to allow it, but not in the usual fashion. Amar of Khistr of explains Zoto What the bottom line, you know what this is coming to teach me? Aval asr Bittighpais is. Okay, a person who is in mourning um, is not allowed to do a full-fledged wash. Okay, there was a whole, uh, apparently there was, there's a whole conversation whether this is allowed. He says, well, l- let me tell you something. The bracer seems to imply pretty clearly that when somebody's in mourning, there's no laundry that's permitted to be done. of rabbi, the rabbis learned, and so should we. All right. Um, shame the same we not allowed to take a haircut on kholamaway kakhos so too you're not allowed to cut your nails on kholamay we'll see soon whether this is true tirabi has been delivery rabihuda there's been rabihuda rabiyyi says matir Rabbi Isi says it is permitted there's nothing wrong with uh, with cutting one's nails and it's not, uh, noticeable enough. It's not enough of an action that we're concerned. It's going to come to, uh, it's going to come to a, a lack of covet for the yumtif. The same way there's a machlaikas about the, about chalamayib. There's also, um, there's a machlaikas about the, I'm sorry, the chum say you're not allowed to cut your hair during avilas. You're also not allowed to cut your fingernails as an avil. Divi Rabbi, Rabbi Matir. Okay, so the same dispute that we have about Chol Hamoed is also by morning. Rabbi Yehuda says no nail cutting on morning, during morning, and Rabbi Yosi says yes nail cutting by morning. Omar Ula, Ula says We pass like Rabbi Yehuda by an Avvel. A person in the morning cannot cut their nails. Rabbi is like Rabbi Yehuda on Shmuel Amar, but Shmuel says not true. Top of tomorrow's daf, halacha k'rab Yasi b'mayid uba avel. We follow. You are allowed to cut your nails both on cholamayid and during morning. Diomar Shmuel Shmuel says halacha k'divri hamekel Whenever there is a dispute, you find in the Gemara or in Mishnayis when it comes to laws of mourning, we are lenient. And um and therefore it would uh, and therefore it is allowed to cut your nails in both circumstances. Beautiful. We're gonna hold it here for this evening. Tomorrow we're gonna to pick up with uh with a story about nail cutting, Baz Hashem. And uh we'll see everybody nine thirty tomorrow morning. Hopefully from Yerushalayim. Hopefully Mashiach will be here, but if he's not, uh same place. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.